Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I want you to greet your neighbor for me because you're going to need to know them by the end of the sermon. So if you're those people who pretend not to have heard me, if you don't know English, greet your neighbor, say hello, find out their first name, what's your name, let them also tell you their name and welcome them to garage. Don't sit next to a stranger. Make them someone you know by saying hello to them. We welcome you, Mr. Ngabirano. Did you guys watch Business Garage? <laughs> if you didn't watch Business Garage, please go back this afternoon. Watch it, but go with some shock absorbers because they will be chiboko. But it's good chiboko, it's good for you. I'm, I'm very excited about Mr. Ngabirano because this is a Ugandan business that has that is thriving, growing, becoming exceptional, and one that we are proudly associated with. If you've eaten Sam's snacks, Sums, it's Sums, eh? I'm so sorry. Sums snacks, S-U-M-Z, eh? Wow. S-U-M-Z. Yeah, we've eaten them, ground nuts, what, all sorts of yummy things. If you've not been buying them, you're the only one, so you can join the bandwagon. But we are very proud of you. We celebrate you. Today we continue our teaching on the principle and practice of honor. This message is close to my heart because I genuinely say from my, my brief life experience and uh, in God and in life that apart from the message of the gospel, the gospel being the, the, the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus and the righteousness by grace, apart from that message, in my life so far, this has been the second most significant message that I have had and seen the results of. You see, I was a believer for so many years, but in 2016 is when I got to hear about the gospel. Having been a Christian and reading my Bible and being condemned every day, and when I heard about the gospel, my life turned around. Is everything changed? My siblings who had not known the Lord came to know the Lord. My life as a Christian became the life that people around me, who had been around me for long, now desired. I was no longer one who walked around condemning others, but I became aware of the love of God that's unconditional, that none of us bring anything to the table for God to love us. And it changed everything, how I thought about life, how I related with God, and things started to just shift by accident more than by trying. The second most, the thing that has impacted my life the most and the life of people I know the most is the message of honor. So I want you to open your heart to receive this message and to put it into practice. I want us to remind ourselves, first of all, what are the essentials that we learned for the people who are new so that they catch on with us? The essentials of honor. First of all, honor is due. Okay? Honor is due. Uh-huh. Honor is given. It's not earned. It's given. What else? Honor is 360 degree. That if you're an honorable person, you're an honorable person. You don't pick and choose who to honor. Then you're not honorable. And then lastly, honor is with substance. That honor is not kneeling down. But I'm going to explain today why when we think of honor, we think of kneeling, you know, tone of voice. There's a reason why that's what we think of naturally. And it is part of it in terms of the heart of honor. 
That's why no wonder we think of honor that way. But yet the highest form of honor is with substance. Is when we bring up, that's why he says they honor me with their lips, meaning you can, there's a sense in that, but the real honor, the thing that shows our heart the most is our substance, our money, our material possessions, what we do with them. That's what shows the real thing. But honor is with substance. And so today we, are, we will be talking about honoring spiritual parents. Say, I'm ready. <laughs> and you know, even God knew that it was me who was going to teach this message. <laughs> I love it so much. So, honoring spiritual leaders is what we are talking about today. We've already talked about honoring God. We talked about honoring parents. And so today we are talking about honoring spiritual leaders. Now, we've discovered that God has, or is the one who decides who we honor. God chooses who we honor. We honor everyone, but there are specific people he picks out. Why? Because we realize that honor is not really about the person being honored. Honor is a setup by heaven to release a certain supernatural breakthrough. And so God chooses who can bless. And then based on who can bless, God chooses who we should honor. Why? Because honor provokes the blessing. We are already blessed. We are already blessed. There's no question about that. You cannot earn the blessing of God. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's like how the ground has already been endowed with every fruit, every tree. You don't make the ground do it. But until you put in a seed, you don't provoke the harvest out of the ground. Do you understand? Are you understanding me? So honor does not create it simply provokes the manifestation of what's already on the inside of you. So you're already blessed, but where is the evidence? I was blessed for a long time and I was declaring it, but the evidence was little. I have seen honor provoke blessing in my life in the last two years in ways that are a bit ridiculous. Okay? And we want this for you. For a long time, we were scared of teaching certain things in this church because we feared to be misunderstood. I would rather have you misunderstand me and prosper than you understand me and like me and stay stagnant, wondering these things we talk about in the Bible, where are they? So I want it to be clear that honor does not create the blessing. You are already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your blessing is solely based on account of Jesus Christ. Not on account of anything you will ever do. It is based on Jesus. The soil has already been endowed with everything that can nourish you here on earth. Whether you're good or bad, God loves all of us. We can all benefit from the soil. But only those who put the seed in the ground provoke the manifestation of fruit. Those who walk in honor provoke the manifestation of the blessing of God in certain areas of our lives. Amen. There is a blessing God has placed in himself for you. That one, when he says that when you give the tithe, which is part of honoring God, honor the Lord with your tithes, he says, test me in this. He says, I will open the windows of heaven. He even tells you what he's going to do. Like, he, he makes it so nice that he wants you to do it because he wants you to prosper. It's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. He says, if you become a tither, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessing. It will be too much for you to contain. You'll find that if you're a tither, your life is supernaturally natural. It's not that you have these big miracles, but you just always, you're always provided for. 
You just things are work naturally. Like you always have a job, you always have more than enough, you know, and you, you, you don't necessarily have big miracles, but you're in the land of promise, sort of. A land flowing with milk and honey constantly. You're the one creating miracles for others. Now, there is a blessing that is God has hidden in parents. He says, honor your father and mother that you may what? Honor your father and mother. Mm. Live long, live well. Yeah, that's the blessing God has placed in your father and mother. That when you honor your father, it's the only commandment. It's a command, but it has a promise. You know when you really want your child to do something? Eat your vegetables so that I give you ice cream. Like you put something at the end of it. God knows that the things in the heart of a parent are long life and success for every, every parent towards their children. But just because your parents want it for you, doesn't mean it will come to pass. And your parents don't need you to give them anything for that to happen. They, they want you to have it. But there is a, God has placed, because he wants, that the point of honor is God is after our hearts. He wants us to recognize, you see, it's possible to take your parents for granted and start thinking, yeah, in fact, they should pay my fees. They should have taken care. In fact, you start looking for what they did not do. But I want, to, I want to ask you a question. As I've been thinking about honor, this thing hit me. To, uh, what's the benefit of a parent? What, what does it benefit a parent to have children? Pastor Chris Kawesa, what's your benefit that you have children? What did it benefit you? What has it benefited you? Having children is just bringing extra responsibilities over your life. Really, for, think about it. The your parents, there is no benefit you bring them. When a mother is pregnant, their life changes. It's all about the baby. You can even, your life is at a bit of risk. It's high risk. That's why airlines don't want to transport you. When I was pregnant, eh, everywhere you, the airlines, it was so complicated to travel with me. They are putting you aside. Doctor's note. Dr. Kulo had to write me a letter mid-air before I landed because I was going to have trouble. When you, no one asks you questions, so to what benefit is it to me that I'm carrying someone? All my, my diet has to change. The way I live has to change. You can't sleep on your stomach for I don't know how many months. Your sleep changes. Everything is about the baby. Giving birth is so dangerous, you could die doing it. You give birth to this child from the day they are born. Everything is about them. Feed the baby, nurse the baby, clean their diaper. What? Now it's school fees, pay for them. Where is the benefit? Where is the benefit? So God makes sure that when you grow up and reach a point where you can start benefiting in your own life, your parents start to test the benefit of ever having you. Otherwise, all you are is an extra expenditure and an extra responsibility and burden until you die. But God doesn't want you to be that way. You're not extra bill, bill, bill. If that's your name, Bill, there's no problem but I'm just talking about bills. So instead of becoming an extra burden and bill, your parents can't, they can't enjoy anything. They are saving for you, thinking about your future. That money they spent on your fees, do you know how much they would have enjoyed it? How many things they would have bought for themselves? But it was all about you. And then all you do is look at what they did not do for me. My dad wasn't present. My mom didn't give me enough hugs. Wow, just honor your father and mother. God 
is after connecting the hearts of children to their now with the same thing I'm coming to pastors what's the benefit of a pastor to have a congregation what's the benefit of a spiritual leader it's just more problems we love you I'm glad many of you are shepherds so you understand I love the people that we lead as spiritual parents but I'll tell you when you have a hundred of them it's a hundred potential heartaches you're thinking about them how can they pro- because what is the joy of a good shepherd the state of your sheep so when you see any of your congregants looking unhappy it's on you you're always thinking what can we teach lately the people seem like they are broke let's teach on finances now they look like they are suffering let's teach on what marriages are having problems let's teach on marriages sometimes you feel like you want to teach a hundred things in one month but you can't because the joy of a good shepherd is the state of their flock so when your pastor is on your case, really when, when they are on your case to save, and when you save, how do they prosper? When your marriage works, how do they prosper? When, they, when apostle comes in and starts, you think he can't create other songs, but he's singing, ah, kameza. Really? He's there thinking about how can I make this thing almost a movement so that the men can give their wives some money. Why? He's seeing his marriage is working, but that's not enough for him. The marriages of all the people must work. When the marriage is on the rocks, you're not sleeping as a pastor. You're thinking, what can we do to save it? You're interfering. Some of them are not listening to you, just like children and parents. So because God knows that if we stay that way, all you do is look at your pastor and see what they've not done. Hey, man, for me, my pastor. They never visited me. Meanwhile, they have a hundred other people to visit. And they are thinking, this one is okay. I don't need to over whatever. These ones are in trouble. They are the ones I must check on. This is an emergency. For you, you're thinking about how they didn't care about me. They didn't what, what, what. You only, they don't teach the thing I like them to teach. Basically, if he doesn't show us how to honor them, we will never see the value they have. Because I realize that honor is... Listen, even if you give your material possessions to someone and you despise them in your heart, it's not honor. Honor is not a transaction. It's not money exchanging hands. Honor is when you give a gift from an overflow of love, understanding and recognition of value in someone. Honor is when you give a gift from an overflow of love understanding and recognition of value in another person. That's why there are people when you go to visit them, no one teaches you, you carry a gift. And you always feel that the gift you've carried is even not enough. When you've seen value in someone, you feel like there's nothing I can give you that's enough. That's the thing God wants us to see about him when we are giving to him. That tithe is not enough, Father. What can I give you? That's why Solomon gave extravagantly because he saw the value of God. His heart was provoked to honor. When you're giving towards your parents, don't just give to give towards a need. Some of you say, my parents don't need the money. You're not giving towards need. You're giving out of recognition, of value, of love, understanding how the place they hold in your life and how much they, they mean to you. The fact that they didn't abort you is enough to just love them. Let's say they did nothing else. They didn't abort you. It was an option. It's recognizing value in your father and mother, in God, in your spiritual leaders. And soon we'll talk about spouses. When you recognize value, your heart is provoked to give something. So it's not a financial transaction. Then it's not honor. Each time God asks us to give, it's for our benefit, not the benefit of the receiver. 
Because when you plant a seed in the soil, it's not for the soil. You're not loving the soil. You're not. When you put a seed in the soil, it is for you to get a harvest. Every time God asks you to give to someone, it's not for them. You're not giving towards need. You're giving towards the harvest of something. A certain grace is going to abound towards you. Let me, today I want to teach your heart, not your head. Because you know what I'm going to say about if I say honor spiritual leaders, you know what it means. Give them substance. But the point is not giving them substance. God can take care of his, of his servants. Your pastors don't need your money. Your parents don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. But he wants you to receive a grace, a supernatural ability that is only provoked when seed goes one way, something flows the other way. Say, I'm blessed. Say, it must show. Oh yeah. And that's why you're going to become the most honorable person you know. Every time you find a person in the scriptures who God says honor, understand that there is a good thing God has put in them for you. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So don't give towards need. Give towards the blessing. Give us a recognition of value in someone. He's the one who gives. God is the one who gives us money. Then he says, give it to me. Think about it. That doesn't make sense. But he knows that if he doesn't, we will, all of it will be bread. We will have no seed and therefore no harvest. So he puts a system, bare minimum 10%. You shouldn't be at 10% anymore, children of God. If you really know the value that God has in your life, we shouldn't be at 10%. 10% we should leave it long ago. But if you're still struggling with 10%, you don't know God. Genuinely. It's like if you're still struggling to honor your father and mother, you don't know the value they carry in your life. Because we don't even need to be taught that. Many of you, we put language to what you're already doing. You're already giving towards your parents. You're like, oh, that's it. Because you felt like these people have done. You see, we are mostly ungrateful to the people we should be grateful towards. But let me talk about today's topic. Honoring spiritual leaders. Honor like any good thing has been abused. Just because cars get accidents on the road didn't stop you from entering one today to come to church. Just because something has been abused doesn't mean it's bad. It's our turn as a generation to recover and, and, and take away the perversions that the enemy has put around honor. That's what the devil does. He finds a powerful thing and makes it look bad. He perverts it so that we all say, ah, ah. Now, some people say they don't tithe because people steal the money. You let them answer to God, but you do your part. God will deal with the thieves. Thankfully, in worship harvest, you cannot accuse your pastors of being thieves. Your pastors in this ministry are the biggest givers in this ministry. Pastors of worship harvest ministries. I'm telling you as a pastor, who knows? Every pastor, if you go to their congregation, they give, they probably are among the top five givers in their location. On top of imparting spiritual things to you, they also give financially, big time. So you can't accuse them. You can't. They are some of the most hardworking spiritual leaders that I know are in this ministry. Worship harvest. Yes. But let's say you belong to a church where they are, you don't know, you're not sure. You still do your part. Do your part. So the enemy has perverted it because he knows that it is for the benefit of the believer. I want to start by telling you some stories from this book, a story. Can I tell you a story? Yes. 
You've probably heard the story, and I'm going to read it the way Apostle wrote it. You know, we are blessed because Apostle is a very spiritual man. Before we even learned about honor in terms of the words to eat, <laughs> we were already practicing it without knowing it. We just got words for it and now started doing it more intentionally. So let me read for you part of a story from uh, the book about how we as a ministry, when we practiced honor towards one of the spiritual leaders that we honor in this ministry, is called Andrew Womack, what happened. I want you to remember that honor is for you, the giver, not the receiver. When you learn that, you will honor with whatever you have. So, Apostle says, one of the leaders I have the greatest respect and honor for is Andrew Womack. Not only was our marriage and the ministry saved by this great ministry and man of God, but we've also experienced some dramatic miracles along the way as we have sought to honor Andrew Womack and his ministry. Back in 2006, when we had just started the ministry and didn't know what we were doing, JK came and joined a small outfit and interested us in doing the discipleship evangelism course by Andrew Womack. And so we did the course and uh, what followed were a series of miracles, including the rescue and restoration of Apostle Moses' marriage and the dramatic healing of people from addictions and diseases and so many good things that you read about in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. We've always felt indebted to Andrew. Do you see where it's coming from? We, we felt like this man has done so much for us, what can we do? <laughs> so when he came around for his conferences, we felt privileged to be the worship team. Then in mid-2010, he came for one of the programs and then we were given an opportunity to host him on Friday evening at Katikati. I remember that day. I even remember what I was wearing. <laughs> I was wearing a pink dress. Yeah, I was pregnant with my first child. I can't forget it because it was a big deal. Andrew Womack had come and we were not even 50 people in the room, my friend. The International Ministry of Worship Harvest. <laughs> At that time, we were only in one location and still a very small church. I don't know how God got this wisdom through to us, but we decided to withdraw the money from our church savings account and give it to Andrew as a seed. We did not know in our minds at that time about honor and sowing seeds. We just somehow felt it was wrong to host such an important guest and give nothing to his ministry. Do you see what, how honor is provoked by recognizing value? We withdrew the equivalent of about $1,500. You guys, at that time, eh? I, uh, that money for the whole ministry, you guys. It was a mob. It was like, I don't know, Dr. Okula, how much would it be equivalent right now? Hundreds of millions. 1,500. Some of you are like, wow, the whole ministry. That was our entire savings. You guys, leave us. $1,500 at the time and gave it. Say the next Tuesday. Say the next Tuesday. Someone came and gave a tithe of 46 million Uganda shillings. Now you need to understand why this is significant. At that time, our weekly giving maximum was about 2.5 million weekly. I remember when they put that figure on the screen, people were like, they put an error. There's an extra zero that shouldn't be there because what are you talking about? Now we are for about 48 million or something. People are like, error, error, error. We're like, no, it's no. we had to exclaim, it's not an error. Someone came and gave money we had never got. And that was the time when we were buying land, starting to buy land. So that became our, this land, it became our seed to buy the first part of the land here at Nalia. 
Another time, many years later, we were in the middle of our building project at Nalia. We had, I remember that meeting on Tuesday evening in the situation room. We had reached a point where we had scraped all the resources we could and somehow couldn't pay that week's bill. We needed to clear arrears of about 30 million shillings and needed another 70 million to buy materials for work on that week. We met in our executive team meeting on the Tuesday of that week and realized that whereas we are faithfully giving away 10% of our tithes and offerings to other ministries, we are not giving away 10% of the money people were giving for the building. So at that time, the giving since the beginning of the year had been about 350 million shillings. So we decided to use whatever money was available to tithe the 35 million shillings. We decided to send it to Andrew since he was building in Colorado at the time. Now, thankfully, I was there for all these miracles. So that very Friday, I was, I was in, the, in the room when Apostle met this wonderful lady that Friday because she had been calling and she was from the congregation I was leading. So he asked me to be present when she came because he was wondering, what is it about? You come and be present when this lady comes. And I was present when she walked in with a bag. A, a bag, a big bag, a sack. A sack, a sack that had 50 million Uganda shillings. A hundred, a hundred. She said, she said she had pledged five million, but God had now told her to add on a hundred. So she brought a hundred and five million shillings cash in bags. We had to call security. Call security! Immediately. This lady brought a hundred and five million. Now, no one knew. It's us. It's only, no one knew that we had given Andrew Omak anything. Why am I telling you this story? Where did I begin? It is to your benefit that you honor how did it benefit Andrew Mark? You think that he really needed $1,500? But were we giving so that we could get something? We were recognizing honor, revalue in another. Honor is when you give a gift from an overflow of love, understanding, and recognition of value in another. So I want to talk to us about who are the spirit, who are these people we are talking about honoring spiritual leaders. Spiritual leaders are our pastors our shepherds in the Lord, those who labor in word and doctrine over us, those who watch over our souls, those who labor that Christ is formed in us. Have you ever stopped to consider what a blessing it is to have a pastor? Genuinely, guys, have you ever stopped to consider what a blessing it is to have a spiritual leader? Someone who God is speaking to to teach you spiritual things. Many of us can testify that our lives have been changed mostly in our churches than anywhere else. We've grown in how we live, in how we understand, in our value for ourselves and for others. How we work has been impacted by what we've learned about God. And it's these people who labor. Do you know that teaching the word is labor? But for the longest time, some of us, before we became spiritual leaders, we thought that pastors were just people who slept the whole week. Then they come on Sunday and preach some thing there. What do you do in the week? <laughs> you care for people. As if they are your own children. Some of us are being reparented by our pastors. Where our parents fail to parent us. Have you ever thought about the blessing it is to have a spiritual leader? Someone who is praying for you, thinking about you, teaching you the word, uplifting you. If you have a good one, because being a spiritual leader is one of the most selfless acts, because what's the benefit? 
of being a spiritual leader. <laughs> Having a spiritual leader benefits you, not them. In fact, they are in trouble because they have to give an account for you. Yes, God demands an account of spiritual leaders, but how will they account for people who don't even see that there's any value in them? It's like when a child misbehaves, they blame the parent, but sometimes the child doesn't even listen to the parent anymore. They think they now know better, but they will attach them to you for life. What's the benefit? Our honor as spiritual leaders <laughs> is seeing the state of your flock. So your honor of spiritual leaders should flow from recognizing the blessing they are. It's not a demand. It's not a command. You're not trying to solve their financial problems. It's because you realize, my pastor is a blessing. Now, I thank God that in my life, I had been honoring my pastor before I knew what honor was. I always felt like I needed to give him something. I was always buying gifts until I even thought something is wrong with me. I started saying, I have to stop. Maybe I'm overdoing it. So when you give honor to your, to your pastor, I honor my pastors. My pastors are Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari. I honor them. They are the ones who teach me the word, who watch over my soul. You, each of you here, you have a pastor. When was the last time you went to your pastor and said, thank you for your labor? You're not paying them a salary. You're loving on them. When was the last time? I'm a blessed pastor. The people I lead, most of them, they really honor us. Every Sunday when I'm at church, I come back home with avocados, I don't know what, all sorts of things. People, it's like earrings. People just want to give you something. Like, pastor, that's how I'm telling you. I always go home. You can ask anyone with gifts. Because people, they just want to bring you. There's last Sunday, someone brought me OD. Pastor, I've started a business. I want to bless you. Another one brought me avocados. Others brought me popos. Others brought me earrings. Others, you know, my children, when they travel, they think of me. Pastor, I thought about you. I bought you an earring. I bought for the children this. It's, you know what's happening? They're saying, I don't know what I can. I want to say thank you. When you think of your parents, is that what you think of? When you think of God, is that how you feel? When you think of your spiritual leaders, is that how you feel? That when you come on Sunday, you're saying, Lord, I wish I had more to give you. When the offertory basket is passing, you feel like you want to pour in your whole everything, but you, you're like, Lord, this is what I have, but you know you mean more to me. Oh, it's, my neighbor might say, I've not put in something, which not won't disturb me. That's not honor. Honor comes from a grateful heart. Honor comes from a heart that recognizes that there is value in the other person and you want to speak to that value because when you speak to that value, grace comes out. Amen. I want us to look at a few scriptures. Let me first show you a scripture that's not even in the notes that shows you that the joy of a good shepherd is the state of their sheep, your state. Why would we struggle to honor those who love us, those who care for us, those who serve us, those who want our well-being. Why? Why? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20, we know I like the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 to 20, because Paul writes so tenderly to this church. You should go read those books. He writes like a father because he was with them for a very short time, about two weeks, and then he was run out because of persecution. And that was one of the most persecuted churches. That's why he talks a lot about death and heaven. But he says this, read with me. For what is our hope or joy 
O crown of rejoicing. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Verse 20, which I like. For you are our glory and joy. Our spiritual children, our sheep, our flock, you are our joy. You are our glory. It gives a pastor such pride when, when, the, when the sheep are flourishing. A shepherd who is there and you just see people are talking, pastor, we've been promoted. My marriage is now working. I don't know. You go to bed and you just, you even can fail to sleep. You're just sitting there going, Lord, thank you. Now imagine if the pastor is that way and their sheep also are feeling like we love our pastor. We love, like how you love your parents and they love you back. Do you see that thing? Eh? It's so godly. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 12 to 13. Say, I'm understanding. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Read with me slowly. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Continue. To esteem them how? Very highly. In what? In love. Why? For their work's sake, be at peace amongst yourselves. Why are we esteeming them very highly? In love. Who, what is their work? You are their work. I am their work. For your own sake, God says through Paul, esteem them very highly. Let's go to verse 12 again. He says, I urge you. You see, if you, the word urge is like if you add N and T, it's urgent. Right? This thing is a very urgent matter, but it's not obvious. By the time you're urging someone, is it because they already want to do something? If I'm urging you, it means that it's not natural to you. Likely not. The, the devil has told you pastors are thieves. Pastors, that's, what the, that's what the media puts in our hearts. Even parents, they've now told us, be careful. Don't live with your parents. Parents are a burden. The people who gave birth to you, cared for you, are a burden. You have to avoid them. Keep them out of your home. The people who nurtured you, who gave up their life for you, you should avoid them. Why is the devil... Ugh. I have a few minutes. Let me stick to that. the one I'm teaching. Why would we think that our pastors are the ones we should be? First of all, if your pastor is a crook, what are you doing in the church? Because it means you're a fellow crook. Why are you listening to their sermons? Their anointing flows from the head. Run for your life. If your pastor is the kind you fear, you suspect them, run, go where you don't suspect. Sit under a shepherd who you esteem highly. I urge you, brethren. Do you know that when you to recognize is to set apart, to make to stand out. Apostle Moses gives the example of a criminal. You know, I like investigative criminal movies. Yeah, Masasi. Those are the ones I probably look like. I like romance. I really don't. I like Masasi from beginning do, 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 to the end. Chikube. Yeah, yeah. My husband usually is like, wow. Yeah, but that's what I like. So please don't, don't, don't call me to watch a movie when it's a romance and comedy. I don't understand. I like action all the way. Boom, 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 boom. So, eh, Schwarzenegger. If you're saying Schwarzenegger, you stopped watching movies long ago like me. But he's saying, I urge you, brethren, to recognize, to recognize if, there is, if you've watched a movie and there's a criminal, 
they usually will call some people to put a line up and say, pick out the, identify. They have to be pulled out, recognized. In other words, your pastor cannot be a normal person in your life. Recognize them. Set them aside. Eh? Those things we used to refuse of, Mambi, we don't want special seats, we don't want special treatment, we were unwise. Your parents can't be treated like your friends. Your spiritual leaders cannot be treated like your friends. If in your life they are like that, you're missing out on the real benefit. Repent today. See them differently. May God open your eyes to see your spiritual leaders for who they are in your life. They are esteemed highly. Because they labor among you. They are among you, but they labor. And they are over you in the Lord. In the Lord, they are over you. They admonish you for their work's sake. So the question is, how do you recognize them? How do you esteem them highly? Do you want me to show you how? 1 Timothy 5, 17 to 18. Read with me together. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, comma, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Can a scripture be more clear than this? What is honor? Honor is due. Honor is given. It is 360 degrees and it is with what? Remember, honor is not... Now, I told you that I would explain to you. Do you now see why when we say honor, you think of kneeling down? Because the way you feel about someone when you honor them. You, you feel like you want to kneel down. You, you don't know how to stand. You, want, you don't know what to do around them because of what's in your heart. But you see, the greatest form of honor is not kneeling down. It's giving your substance. That's why he uses the word double. Because is it what? Double kneeling down. Eh? Double kneeling down, kneel down, double double for the elders who rule well. Eh? And the, one knee for parents, two for the spiritual leaders. Oh, is it if you're singing a song to honor, sing two? Come on now, sing the chorus twice. No, 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 no. He's saying that basically, if you honor your father and mother with like, I don't know how, whatever you give them, double it for your spiritual leaders. Now, that's where people fear to teach these things. They say, ah, they are going to think the pastor wants your money. You can think what you want. It's in the scriptures. I didn't write it. The amens have reduced, eh? <laughs> you know, that's why he says, let. You see that word, let? It means you have a choice. You can choose to do it or not. Will it affect you in your this going to heaven? No, you will go to heaven. You will. God will love you. He will supply your needs. Let no one deceive you. This has nothing to do with your relationship with the Father. But there are things you will not see. And I'm telling you as one who has seen, when we started honoring our spiritual leaders two years ago, very, now intentionally, with, now with knowledge, uh, if I started telling you the things that have happened in my life, you, will, you might not like me very much. I, I don't want the spirit of envy to come upon you. But I can tell you that our lives have dramatically turned around. Dramatically. Dramatically. In ways that... <laughs> so for me, this one, you can't make me not do it. Let the elders... Do they rule well? If your leaders rule well, if they labor in the word and doctrine, 
he's saying, let them be worthy. Count them worthy of double honor. Now look, if you are wondering if the double honor means kneeling down, let's see the next verse. Verse 18, scripture intercrypts scripture together. For the scripture says together, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And the laborer is worthy of kneeling, singing. What does it say? What are wages? Wages are kneeling down, carrying the pastor's bag. I will stop there. Let's look at another scripture. First Corinthians 9.14. Read with me. Now some of you have refused to read. You check on your neighbor. They, they are no longer reading. They are like, even they, I'm going to go and check in my version. I don't think these are the, the scriptures. <laughs> even so, the Lord has suggested. Even so, the Lord has what? What? That those who preach the gospel should do what? Hey. <laughs> uh-uh. So how will they live from the gospel? Through a salary. Do you know how God takes care of your parents if you're a child who has grown up through children? Your parents should never have to worry about work if you're alive. They should, I remember my aunties and uncles, and I think that's why I come from one of the most blessed financially families that I know of in this nation. My, I don't know any of my aunties or uncles who is not really doing well, like really doing well, not those things of no more, no more, no. Those people, as I grew up, do you know what I saw? They would compete to bless my grandparents. It was ridiculous. They would compete. You'd hear them saying, no, but they slept at your home last time. Now it's my turn. They would be fighting. If they were, when my, parents, my grandparents were alive, they had a, an incredible car that was being always fueled and they had a driver to drive them to go wherever they needed to go. Their home was always being renovated, extended. When my grandmother traveled and saw a house, she said, ah, now I want you to change. They would change it. They were always building. They were, my grandmother had perfumes, you people. Designer perfumes, eh? I don't, I would, she didn't even know how to read, but she had perfumes. Bitenges, mienda, inankole, pure silk. I'm telling you, stores full of things, and I'm not exaggerating, stores. We had all these things people eat in Kampala. They were there in my village. We always had rice. I tell you, it would be the, the best rice. It wouldn't be, yeah, it would be that basmati. We would be eating rice. There was always blue band. I don't know, things as in, Stuff which in the deep village you will never find. When solar came, we had solar. In fact, they passed when they were trying to now build them a mansion which you cannot find in a village. And they were hurt that they hadn't yet done it. Those are the people I grew up seeing competing. Hospital bills paid. Everyone is competing to take part. Do you think they can fail to live long and, and be well? Why? They saw the value. Your parents should never struggle. Even your pastor should never struggle. If your pastor dresses bad, looks bad, drives the worst car which is always breaking down every five minutes, and for you it brings you joy, something is broken on the inside of you. Do you know how I feel about Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari? I want them to have the best. And I don't just want them to. I, I, I do my best to make sure they do. Like if I see that Apostle has a watch which is not the latest, it really disturbs me. Start thinking, how can we save and buy him the watch? Why is he? I don't say my things because someone will hear me. 
either spiritual children will hear me and they will beat me to eat. Do you know how bad you feel? You're like, why did you buy my thing? So when you notice a thing, you keep quiet. You don't tell anyone. You start saving because if they hear you, they will buy it. Is that how you feel about your pastor? Or you are among the people who have been sending me messages about my clothes? How Pastor B3 overdresses, she needs to reduce. <laughs> My children dress me, what can I do? <laughs> that haven't yet started, right? I'm serious, guys. How do you feel when you see your pastor's children? Are you happy when they look good? Or when they overlook nice, you're like, our money. Our taifi. Anyway, let me come to the end of my sermon. Galatians 6. Yes, we are finishing. Galatians 6, 6. <laughs> let. Do you see how it begins with the same word? Let. The, what are the other words for let? Allow. Okay? Permit. Don't refuse. Facilitate. the process. Allow it. Come on. Do- I even called him Dr. Grace. He looks like a doctor. Yeah, even he sounds like a doctor. Just doesn't know. Let him who is taught the word share in some good things. Let him who is taught the word say, that's me. What should you be doing? Share in all good things with him who teaches. Next verse. Do not be deceived. Meaning we can be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And that should not be a thing that scares you. People say, you reap what you sow, as if scaring you. Imagine telling a farmer, hey, you've put beans, you reap what you sow. Would, that, would a farmer be like, whoa, where I'm dead? Say, I hope so. As in, that's what I hope for. I hope I reap what I sow. So if people have been using this verse to scare you, they have a problem. This verse should excite you. He's saying, guess what? Whatever you sow, bring it. You're going to reap. That should excite you as a spiritual person. Just like if you told a farmer, they would be excited. I reap what I sow. Let me sow more. I hope so. The next time someone tells you, you reap what you sow, you say, I hope so. Because I'm sowing good. If you're not sowing good, just keep quiet. Just say grace covers me. I don't get what I deserve because of Jesus. Verse 8. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let me tell you something quickly. When you honor your natural father and mother, do you realize that what you reap is natural and it's limited to your life on the earth? When you honor your father and mother, what happens? You live long, you live well. Here on the earth, it does, has nothing to do with your heavenly anything. Because they are natural parents, the reward you get is limited to the natural things. When you honor your spiritual leaders the reward you get is not limited to natural things. The reward you get is, is next level. It is not, I think that's why he says double honor them. Because the thing about them is spiritual. It has to do with your eternal.
eternity. It has to do with spiritual things that, that recreate your even natural state. Because you see, when you meet spiritual things, they can turn your identity from the things that were in your line, line lineage naturally and give you a completely new identity. So when you understand that, yes, you honor your father and mother, but when it comes to your spiritual leaders, you're crazy. Now listen, don't judge those who are unreasonable about honoring their spiritual leaders. They've got something. You pray that God opens your eyes. I won't also judge you if you don't honor your spiritual leaders. Now don't judge me when I do. But if you understand this thing, you're going to treat your pastor very differently and start giving to them out of not obligation, but you're going to start plotting the whole year. What can we do for our pastors? The people of worship have a Your leaders have honored Apostle Moses and Pastor Ari so well that now they have unnecessary things in their house where they have to give away some stuff to replace it with the things they've been given. It's, it's the blessing. I remember going to visit, going to Chitukutwe and asking Apostle, what, what has happened to the TV? I didn't know that a bigger one had come. I was wondering, something is strange. You guys had, the leaders here had decided to, they, they were sneaky about it. The thing I know about people who honored spiritual leaders, they ended up with prayers they didn't even pray getting answered. Think of the Shunammite woman, one of my favorite people in the Bible, who created a room at her roof for the prophet. He didn't ask. She just decided the prophet is always passing through. He's ministering to everyone. I also want to minister to him. She made it perfect for him. Until the man said, what does this woman need in her life? I want to fix something. Because you see, when you honor your spiritual parents, we love all our children, but the truth is that the children who honor you stand out. Not in a bad way, it's a natural thing. A person who gives you gifts, they, they stand out to you differently. So you find that you, they, they, you want more for them. You're even obligated. You feel like you're in a banja. This child must prosper. This woman ended up with a child she didn't pray for. And when that child died, he was raised from the dead. So what's your budget for spiritual things compared to natural things? What's your budget for temporary things compared to eternal things? I thank God that I don't teach a message that I don't practice. And so when I stand here and tell you that they are worthy of double honor, I honor my natural parents, my, my father and mother naturally who produced me, went to be with the Lord many years ago. But along the way, God gave me many parents and I honor them, my, my uncles and aunties. Every, I honor them very often. I don't want to say how often because I don't want it to become a doctrine. But I also make sure that as long as I'm honoring them, I honor my spiritual leaders. And for me, it's not double. It's good that double is a good standard. How about we go more than double? I have seen what that has done. The big, biggest thing that has happened for me is how I see them. I can't explain to you how I feel. Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari. When I see them, I feel so happy. I was, I used to, they were my parents, I, they were my pastors, I was, a, yeah, I liked them, but there's something, because you see where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So lead your heart to love your spiritual leaders, the way you're leading it to love your parents and God, through your money and your possessions. When I see them, now that they are away, I miss them. I think I'm just hanging out. But I wasn't always like that. In fact, I would be there wondering, Banange, if they leave me with Apostle Mose, what will I do? After so many years of being with him, 
But after we started to honor, something shifted in my heart. When I listen to the teachings, they do something in me. I, I'm excited about the word. It's different. So God is after our hearts, connecting the hearts of his children to him first as, us, as our heavenly father, connecting our hearts to our natural parents, connecting our hearts to our spiritual leaders, and then also to the people we'll talk about next week. As we close, I'd like you to think about something. You must honor your father and mother because they are responsible for your life here on earth. They gave you life, literally. Right now, my baby, who is three months old, is dependent on me for her livelihood. I am her... I'm her, I'm her food, I'm her life. <laughs> it's me. She's dependent on me for life. And that means my life is adjusting. I eat what I eat because it shouldn't affect her. I don't know what. Those are your parents. They gave you life. You honor them because they are responsible for your life on earth. Your spiritual leaders then have the responsibility for your life to a good extent, both here and hereafter. In the way they teach, nurture, and disciple you. Are you seeing that? So, whereas your natural parents are dealing with the finite, nurture, education, wealth, natural things, your spiritual parents are dealing with the eternal. I think that's why the word encourages us to double honor them. Remember, honor is not a transaction. It's a show of thanksgiving from the heart that leads a person to give treasure. It's a very spiritual thing. It's a recognition of value in someone saying, my spiritual leader, I recognize the value you bring into my life. Because of that, my heart desires to give you, I wish I could give you the world. I keep warning apostle that one day we will, do, we will give you proper gifts. You know, lands, houses, airplanes, those kind of things. For now, we shall practice small, small with Uganda shillings. But one day God knows what's in our hearts. That's how I want you to feel about your spiritual leader. Saying, you see me here, I'm warning you. I'm going to gift you something which will shake you. That's how I want you to be feeling. Well, there are people who in my life, I even fear them because I know that if they could, the things they can do. Ah. So I want your spiritual leader to be thinking of you like that. Like, oh, wait, don't mention that thing near them. They will fix it. Have you learned today? Are you going to honor your spiritual leaders? Are you seeing the value they bring in your life? All right, get up on your feet and let's respond to the word. And how I want you to respond to the word today, I want you to turn to your neighbor who I told you to greet. I know you're like, Banange, this is not the time for a short call. It's not the time to pretend that your phone has rung. I know all those things. Turn to your neighbor and you're just going to tell them what Jesus has said to you and what you're going to do about it. Today, just tell, you tell your neighbor, what have you had today? No, you're not going to do it today. Even if you're going to do it next week, next month, next year, when. But just generally, what have you had? What are you going to do? You might give someone ideas.
All right. Have you learned something from your neighbor? Yeah, you can get some ideas. You're like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, you, I hope some of you shared what you've already been doing so that, yeah, it helps your neighbor. Great. All right. You can continue the conversation at drinks time. For now, I'd like to have the room back. You know, every time God is in a place and he is here, he ministers to us. And so I'd like to ask if you're here today and you've never committed your life to Jesus. You've never honored God by saying, you've given me life and I give my life back to you. I receive you in my life as my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and you want to say yes to Jesus today. I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. Would you put your hand up where you are? No fear, no drama. Just put your hand up where you are in this room, in any room across the movement. Just put your hand up. Say, today I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to start a relationship with my heavenly father and I want to walk with him. I don't want to live my life on my own anymore. If that is you today, you've come in today, you want to give your burden of sin to him and receive his righteousness. Would you put your hand up wherever you are? We just want to pray with you. I see, did I see a hand there? Not yet. Just put your hand up. Put your hand up. Boldly. No fear. I believe that their hands going up everywhere, in every room, online, if you're watching us. And I want us to pray together this morning. Would you pray this prayer after me? If that is you, say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life and I receive your life. Today I'm a child of God. I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we know that you're born again. Yes, we are celebrating with you because your new life has begun. Please send us a message on the number that's on the screen, 0775-6424-49 and let us know that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We want to walk this journey with you. Now, if you're in the room here and anywhere and you have any pain in your body, I want you to touch that place and I want us to pray over it right now because healing is the children's bread. Father, I thank you for every precious person who has any pain in their body. It's illegal because you paid for it with your precious blood. So we cast pain in the name of Jesus. We reject it. We rebuke it in Jesus' name and we speak healing over any sickness that has been declared by doctors or by pain in our bodies we speak healing Holy Spirit, Spirit flow over these bodies bodies hear the word of the Lord bones hear the word of the Lord muscles hear the word of the Lord blood hear the word of the Lord Father we thank you that right now you renew and refresh everyone energy people who need strength just physical strength you feel drained and tired we speak refreshing over you in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah amen amen Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone who has been losing hair, it stops now in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. We stop it. We stop hair loss over you and we command your hair to be perfected in the name of Jesus. Not you, Pastor Chris Kawesa. 
I think yours is a case that is very different. Dr. Okuro and Pastor Chris, we pray for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. May the Lord manifest his blessing over you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. May he make you stand out this week in your, before your peers, before your family. May he grant you favor on every side and surround you with favor as with a shield. May you go deeper with God than you've been before. May this be your best week so far. And may you go from glory to glory, grace to grace, and strength to strength. May your mouth be filled with laughter and testimony. And may you come back rejoicing to the glory and honor of God's name. May you be filled with strength physically. May you be renewed. May your dreams come alive. May your prayer life come alive. May everything that concerns you in Christ come alive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. It's